If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to one-on-one with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. The world of work is changing, changing with regards to expectations, and you have a lot of people taking a hard look at their job or their career and deciding if it's really what they want to do. This has led to much hand-wringing and much discussion. Last year, at the height of the worker shortage, we heard the talking point that no one wants to work anymore over and over. Now we're hearing a lot about a concept being called quiet quitting. What is quiet quitting, and is it necessarily a bad thing? We wanted to dig into all this, so we caught up with Jennifer Rossi Long. She is the Senior Director of Westchester University's Twardowski Career Development Center. I think most people have heard of this by now, but just to kind of set the table for maybe people that aren't familiar, this phrase, this quiet quitting, do we know kind of where this came from or or what the origin is? And kind of give us a, a quick primer on what this idea of quiet quitting is all about. A quiet quitting, it, it's a newer term, but not a new concept. And the origin is is a little bit of a mystery. It did start to really gain traction. There was a viral TikTok video. The person's name is Zaid Khan. And in that video, Zaid states that he just learned about this term quiet quitting. So it's clear that it came from somewhere else. So, you know, while the origin is is a bit of a mystery, I think it's important to note that no one really invented it. It's not new. It basically labels a situation where you do your job, nothing more, nothing less. And I think the quitting part of quiet quitting can be a little bit misleading, but it's really doing what's in your job description and what you were paid to do and not going above and beyond. And so I think for some people, it's been adopted as a way to describe mentally checking out or even so going as far as calling it, you know, passive aggressive. But I do think there's a legitimate debate there just as to how we're defining mentally checking out and more importantly, who is defining it as mentally checking out. So, you know, is it balance and doing the job that you were hired to do? And is that what we're calling mentally checking out now? I also think it's important. Is it the employee or is it an employer that's considering it mentally checking out in a negative context? Because to me, doing the job that you were hired to do sounds appropriate. Yeah, and that's the the interesting part. I wanted why I wanted to talk about this because I feel like this is being framed as a a negative, and it's being presented as laziness. It, it kind of seems like it's the next iteration of pushing all the responsibility and all the problems on the workforce, and it's that's the reason why things are like they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely possible that the people and the entities that were kind of pushing that nobody wants to work narrative, you know, over the the height of the pandemic could be the ones pushing the narrative of this quiet quitting is, is a negative thing. And again, I just think the name really just doesn't do it justice because there's no actual quitting involved here. You're, you're still doing your job. I think that it's seen that way sometimes because it goes against what people understand to be valuable in our work culture. Um, so that's, that's hustle. That's burn the candle at both ends, give your all, take on more, 
run on those passion fumes, right? You're passionate about it, right? So keep keep running on that. And that's, I mean, that's essentially what we were telling people to do during the height of the pandemic. The narrative was nobody wants to work when the reality was everyone was just trying to survive. So I think here, the narrative now is people are quietly quitting and that is, you know, XYZ negative thing when the reality is people are multidimensional and they want to have lives outside of work and that that should be okay. There are certain people that are just wired to want to work constantly. They're they're almost not happy if they're not constantly doing something. And, and maybe they love what they do or they love the chase. They love the game, whatever it is. But I think there's always been a lot of people that, you know, just want to do what's asked of them, fulfill their, their obligations. And and that's it. Like, I I don't know. Do you feel like there's this wave of, of people like that this is attributed to? Well, I think it's always been there. Case in point, um, I'm not saying this is this is completely a part of this quiet quitting, but labor unions, right? Like this is this is why labor unions were established to make sure that workers wouldn't weren't being taken advantage of and to make sure that they were getting compensated for the job that they were doing, right? They were trying to add this component of like justice and fairness to the working world. So I do think this is something that has been a been around for quite some time. I don't think it's so out, outlandish to say that there's this uh, sort of like new energy or new wave in this, not just, again, looking at the unions and some of the um, newer labor unions that are being formed at some large organizations or where there's a movement to try to have them established. But I think also just a global pandemic, right? Like this, this huge thing, it's not unusual to see uh, something massive happen to economic markets, job markets, to, to people's everyday lives and have them sort of reevaluate what's important to them or how they want to approach something. That's not so unreasonable because it, it kind of causes you to reprioritize what are the things that are important to me and what are the things that are not. How much of this, of what we're seeing is just because so much in American society, particularly, you said you talked about the hustle and stuff like that. That is kind of just ingrained in American society. And this idea of just doing what you're paid to do, no more, no less, kind of goes against American DNA almost is how we look at working. Yes. So I, I think there are some things like as a as a society that we should take be taking a more critical look at here. But I think the reason, uh, other than the the name, that um, some of this is counter to, as you're saying, kind of like our our DNA, is that I think for some on both sides of this, so people who are subscribing to this and people that are against it, I think it's almost seen as like a a protest or a way to resist or to counter this hustle culture that we've been ingrained in, right? And and that and and that hustle culture we're aware that can be harmful, right, to a person's identity, to their mental health, to their physical well-being, because there's always something more that they're chasing. You know, the more money, better title, promotion, more work to take on, all the things you were talking about, like maybe there's, you know, there's someone who that's how they operate or then they are seen as, oh, this is the person that wants it. It's all contributing to this this hustle culture. And then, of course, on the other side of that to the individual, that is, quote, you know, hustling. 
It's feelings of guilt when they spend time on things that are outside of work, which is also unhealthy, you know, because we all have lives outside of work and we shouldn't have to pretend we we don't, especially as work and life came crashing together over the course of, of the pandemic. We, we couldn't pretend we didn't have lives outside of work because we were fully in it. But I think just to kind of put it in context, I think when folks are looking at this as a as a negative and we're looking at this as counter to our, our culture here as a society, maybe if we looked at it as a spectrum, right? So you could have hustle culture on one side of the spectrum, like the highest level of that hustle culture. And I would actually put apathy on the other end of that spectrum. So just doing nothing at all. So those are the two ends. Those are the two extremes that, that we'd consider here. I think it's possible that those are that are viewing quiet quitting as a negative thing may have mistakenly put quiet quitting on the opposite end of the spectrum from hustle culture, when in reality, there's plenty of room in the middle for balance and for quiet quitting to exist. So I think that comes into play more for focusing on what the term means rather than what it sounds like then we can accurately place it on this spectrum in the middle in that balance. And, and that comes directly from, again, while we don't know the exact origin, the kind of root of this going viral in Zaid's TikTok video, he's really encouraging people to see themselves as more than their job and to not be defined by what they do. So there it is right there, that, that balance, which I don't think is a, a terrible thing though. It is a little counter to what we're accustomed to. You flip the script here. The the opposite of hustle culture would be, you know, a boss or a manager just walking up to you and giving you four hundred dollars. You know, I, I just felt like giving this to you today because, you know, I want to go above and beyond your expectations for what you think you deserve. And we would all look at that. That's you know, it would be great, but it's bonkers. That's not going to happen in most cases. But you're basically handing the employer four hundred dollars worth of your work time and everybody looks at that as fine. It's it's so much of this is just in how we have framed work in American society for forever. And I think when we look at the perceived problem of not going above and beyond on the job, the first question is, is this in fact a problem, right? Instead of questioning why would someone passive aggressively, which I know no one can see my air quotes except for you, Matt, but I'm using air quotes, passive aggressively, quietly quit. Our first inclination then is to point blame at that person or against the people who are identifying as, as you know, not doing this or not doing the going above and beyond. But I think the deeper and the more critical conversation really revolves around what is this thing? What is this system that's been built and perpetuated that sees doing your job as agreed upon as a negative? And then what about that needs to change? Because I think that also helps us get to why are we who have kind of learned these these values these values within the system why are we as individuals perceiving someone doing the job they were hired to do as a negative so i think it's challenging this like societal structure that's been put in place and then it's challenging our own attitudes and beliefs maybe even having to unlearn a few things just to be able to advance you know how we view and operate in modern work and life it's been very clear who has had the power and who has not. And I think people are becoming more aware of that now. We need to take a break. We will have more with Jennifer Rossi Long right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. We are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation on quiet quitting with Jennifer Rossi Long. As someone who works with 
college students that are getting ready to go into the workforce, have their expectations changed? Have you noticed a sea change in what they're looking for and what they're willing to accept? Yes, I do think there's been a change because I think that they have access to more information than perhaps folks that um, were entering the workforce had even 10 years ago, right? So they have access to more information and more ideas that can really get them critically thinking about what is it that I'm looking for in, in all of this. So I know like we see a lot more sort of, I guess I would call it discernment around the values piece of this, right? Because the students know, okay, like I have the skills to do this job. I'm interested in this area or this organization. What is important to me and how is this organization actually living out those values? So like when the organization has says that they, you know, offer flexible options because they know you have a life outside of work. What does that mean exactly, right? Because that could be interpreted in a number of different ways. Does that mean that every Friday everyone gets to leave an hour early? And you're like, oh, that's that's not really what I meant, right? Like I was looking for more of that, like maybe work-life integration or remote work, whatever the case might be in terms of the flexibility. And even in terms of organizations' commitments, like in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, in the service space, like how is that employer being active in their local community and being an anchor in that local community? Students are actually interested in this and they don't want the nicely crafted statement on the website. They want to see the action behind it because they are used to being on social media and anyone can say anything. I I could say I'm something I'm not. I can put it out there. It doesn't matter. There's going to be no repercussion for it for me online. So it's really about the actions then that I take that are important. So I I do feel like I've seen a, a shift in that. But what's interesting is that there's a little bit of conflict there because as students are entering the workforce and they're a little more clear on, okay, that these are the things that I'm looking for that I expect. I think we're also seeing employers expectations of students entering the workforce very high, very high in terms of the competencies that they need to have mastered in terms of what they're expected to know coming in, how they're expected to already operate. Those expectations are much, much different than even 10 years ago for someone that was entering an organization as an intern or a full-time employee. And that's that's problematic. Is there a reason you think for that specifically, the expectations being higher from a employer standpoint? Like, you know, because you talk about like a 10 years, we're, we're going past the pandemic. Like this is, we're not in a COVID thing. What is it just the, the lay of the land? What is it? Well, I think some needs have evolved or as the rise of like internship programs, right, as that has become more prevalent, we expect students to come into their entry level job already knowing a lot of, of different things and, and some of which they're picking up on the internship, some of which they're not, some of which I think we're just expecting them to know. And I'm not talking about, you know, like technical skills, like a software platform. I'm talking about more of those, like, I don't love the term soft skills, but like power skills, kind of like those interpersonal skills, the the things that they're expected to have mastered. And I think some of it too is, you know, you have someone that's, that's been in their career, maybe they're five or 10 years out of college and they're moving up into like that, that kind of like mid area of their career. And they are seeing wow, look at all of these things that I needed to do to get to this point. College students should know how to do, I wish I had known this, right? So I think it almost comes from a good place of, 
I wish I had known this and I want to impart this knowledge, but what it ends up being is a list of like 30 things that students have to have, you know, mastered when they graduate and just enter the workforce. And that, that was never required in the past. And I'm curious, this quiet quitting concept, it seems to me it would be looked upon, I guess you you could look at this many different ways for a younger worker or a more established worker. Because for a younger worker, you kind of can set that that is your default. This is how I'm going to approach my career. But if you're somebody that's been in the workforce for 20, 25 years, and maybe in your younger days, you were a hustle culture person, you have set the expectations higher that you are willing to do that. But then it looks suspect when you're suddenly not willing to do that anymore. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that could go both ways, though, too, because even as someone earlier in their career coming in, if we're going back to, yes, we value that hustle, you have to go above and beyond to get noticed. If they're trying to go anywhere in their career, they don't necessarily have right the, like the latitude to be able to, to do that um, yet because they haven't built up their reputation yet within an organization, within an industry, within their career in general. But yes, it's true. Like for the individual, if they're used to operating in one particular space, there could be a little bit of how do I internally, how do I change this now? How do I flip that switch? I know I want to. I just, I literally don't know how to. I've never practiced it, right? I don't know how to do it. There could also be then how they're viewing or how they're kind of perceiving that external reaction to it. What if I all of a sudden do sign off at five or five thirty? Are people going to wonder where I am or if I'm working or right? Like, am I going to get in trouble for that? Like, what are going to be the repercussions of that? So I think in both cases, there could be a negative impact because of the system that's set up. But I think that if the person has enough confidence in themselves to do it and, you know, remember, they're still doing their job. That's like the craziest thing about this. They're still doing their job. If, if they are able to do it, I think where the, the positive impact comes in is just in terms of their overall happiness and well-being, because they're, they're more well-rounded now. They're not stressing. They're not constantly anxious or on edge. Where am I, when am I going to get pinged next and need to like run into action? Is my laptop charged up? Is my phone on? You know? Yeah. So I think there's some positives that come with it, but I think that at any level, someone could potentially struggle with it internally. Like most things in our in our society, it seems like maybe certain people would be looked at more harshly if they were to take this approach as opposed to other people. Would you agree? I would definitely is, is um, privilege present and being able to quietly quit. That could be based on age. That could be a person's position within the organization, what level they're at in their career, but it can also be based on gender. It could be based on race, any number of identities that a, a person might have. But, you know, I, even thinking of age in, in particular um, or level of experience, we'll say that the first example that comes to mind that I can really compare this to is millennials, the, the generations and the work mindset. And I'll use millennials because I, I am one, so <laughs> I can talk about that. But I, I remember when the millennials were first hitting the job market and there were just so many articles and and messages about how millennials didn't know how to work. They didn't have a strong work ethic. People just loved to trash millennials. And I think it was very easy to say they don't have a strong work ethic or they, you know, they don't know how to work, but it would have been a lot harder to consider 
well, what is behind that different approach that this new generation is taking to their working lives? Because it's different. Is it a bad thing? We're saying it is, but is it actually? Is there something that we can learn here as work is evolving and as a new generation brings a different perspective? And I, I don't think that that's the conversation that took place. So then again, there was privilege and not being a millennial and not being pointed at as, you know, oh, you, you don't know how to work. You don't have a strong work ethic. To try to make this idea of doing the job, nothing more, nothing less, kind of the baseline in American society, that's like turning a battleship because you're going against decades, if not hundreds of years of pushing the wholesale culture and doing whatever it takes to get ahead. But I, it kind of feels like we are starting to put our hands on the wheel to make that turn because as i referenced earlier i feel like this is kind of the an iteration of the nobody wants to work anymore all of a sudden things are out of the the lane that we've become so used to that something must be wrong when it's maybe just a course correction that's kind of necessary for a, a lot of people's mental health work life balance and everything yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. That's the optimistic side of me, right? That the the hands are now kind of on the steering wheel, and we're starting to make that turn. I think just like with any change that we've seen in the workforce, there needs to be there needs to be like those advocacy efforts from folks that are saying, no, this is actually this is a positive thing. Like you're going to have more healthy employees that could potentially engage more while they're doing their eight hours or whatever the case might be, right? They're not going to be stretched so thin. This could be a really positive thing. So there needs to be that side of it. And then there needs to be the business case for it, right? So so having healthier employees could mean lower insurance premiums, right? For your employee health plans, it could translate to less sick time being needed to take and, and actually which could further increase productivity because people are feeling good they're doing the job that you've asked them to do and that you're paying them to do, and it's all good. So I, I think there has to be the the two sides of the coin there, like the advocacy, like, yes, it is okay to have a life outside of work, and then the, the business case, if there's going to be change. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.